So today is week three of our study on the book of Ephesians, and we've learned that Ephesians is actually a letter originally that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, and it's a really fascinating little book. It's six chapters. Uh, The first three chapters of the book are really all about um, theology. So if you are a Bible geek, if you are a word nerd, if you are a theology junkie, you love chapters one through three of Ephesians because it is all about this apocalypse, right? And we've talked about that word a lot. It really means like a revelation. It means an uncovering of something that was previously covered up. It means an illumination of something that was previously in the dark. It means something becoming clear to us that was previously blurry to us. It was having an understanding now of something that has always been mysterious. That's a revelation. That's an apocalypse. And so this whole book is about this revelation of Jesus. And these first three chapters are all about this apocalypse of who he is and what he's done and who we are in him. So chapters one through three is kind of the theology of it. And then chapters four through six is about the application of that theology. So it's like, okay, well, now we understand who Jesus is and we understand what he's done and we can see who we are in him. So therefore, in light of this apocalypse, what should we do? How should we live? So today we're gonna start at the beginning um, in chapter one of Ephesians and it, the book starts, I mean, it's a letter. So it starts off with a greeting. Hey, this is from Paul and I'm writing to these people. He gives them a quick blessing. He says, may God give you grace and peace. And then it's this beautiful, and think of this, this is what it is. It's a theological poem. It's a theological poem. This is Ephesians one. Let's read it together. It's gonna be Ephesians one, long read here, three through 11. It says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. So that's, that's, a, that's like a theological poem. It's, it's very true and it's very beautiful and it has some of the best vocabulary words of Christianity in it. In fact, Tim Mackey is a Bible scholar, teacher that I follow, and he says the opening poem in Ephesians is like the greatest hits of Christian vocabulary. It's got everything Christians say. If you love Christianese, it's in here, right? Look at this little list. It's God the Father, Lord Jesus, spiritual blessings, heavenly realms, he chose us in advance, adoption, God's family, grace, he purchased our freedom, the blood of his son, God's plan, the authority of Christ, bringing everything together, good news, the Holy Spirit. Man, this thing is just 
bursting with, with, with Christianese, right? It's just full of all the stuff that we say in church, and it's full of amazing theology that is just ready to be revealed to us. And so last week we talked about unity and not dividing over things that you know, we may disagree on or whatever. So I thought today, let's pick something really divisive to talk about. Because we're armed with our unity, right? You guys remember that one last week, right? If you weren't here last week, I'm just gonna, please leave. <laughs> I don't want this to get ugly. Because today, uh, we're gonna focus on what can be a really confusing, difficult, divisive um, thing in Christian theology that's in this passage. In fact, really smart Bible scholars have argued about this thing for 2,000 years and no consensus. Um, People just can't seem to agree on this thing. In fact, if your Christian social media friends are getting along really good right now, and it's like you haven't had a good fight for a while, and you're just kind of feeling it. Um, just bring up this thing and watch the fireworks. So, okay. Here's the thing. We love our relationship with God, right? New life, better life, eternal life. Anybody? This is pretty good stuff, right? Freedom, forgiveness, grace, eternity, acceptance, kindness, I mean, we love our relationship with God. The thing is, who initiated it? (laughs) Did you choose God? Or did God choose you? Were you predestined? Were you chosen by God for salvation? Because today's passage says, before he made the world, God loved us and chose us and chose to see us as holy and adopt us into his family. So, okay, sermon over, right? I mean, God chose us. He decided before time that you, how many of you are Christians? Oh God. So he chose before time that you would be in and nothing you can do can make that happen and nothing you can do can stop that from happening because God's sovereign so yeah there you go predestination that's how it works man God chose us and he is sovereign and that's it but some parts of the Bible seem to imply that we choose God by our choice to believe in Jesus. Uh, There's a a verse maybe you've seen on a t-shirt. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world. That is a couple of people that he chose. God so loved the world, everybody, that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. Okay, so yeah, that's how it works. We choose God by believing in Jesus, and that seems like God isn't really sovereign because we have the free will to choose. So, which is it? 
I think what we'll do is have everybody stand up and move to a certain side of the room. Which is it, right? I mean, did we choose God or did God choose us? Is it predestination or free will? Uh, the theology nerds love the terms Calvinism or Arminianism. So I'm gonna tell you, this is a 2,000 year old debate and it could take a while and it's going to. So if you wanna just get out your phones right now, if you had lunch plans, forget it, okay? And dinner plans, uh-uh. And anything you had going tomorrow, probably not. Um, I would say like Wednesday, we'll wrap this thing up because truthfully, really smart, really educated, really spirit-filled, Jesus-loving people have disagreed over this for centuries and the Bible kind of says both things are true. And I think it's really hard for us to see how both of them could be true at the same time. But there's a lot of things in the Bible that are hard to understand, right? Doesn't mean they're not true. It's just hard for us to understand. I don't understand how God can be three and at the same time God can be one, right? That's, that's a little hard for me to get. How could God have predestined me and you to be saved and at the same time given us free will? to choose that salvation or to reject it. But I believe Paul had an apocalypse. I think he had a revelation about this. And I think in the letter to Ephesus, he's, he's trying to get them to have that same apocalypse. And I think God preserved this letter for us in the Bible so that we could have at least a partial understanding of this great mystery. And I think it matters. I, th- I, th- I think it matters. And not just for you know, theology junkies and Bible geeks. I think it matters. Because if I'm in complete control with my free will, if I'm in complete control, then God isn't in complete control. And my sovereign God is not really sovereign. But on the other side of that, if God already has sovereignly decided who's in and who's out, then what should I do, right? I mean, there's nothing to do that matters eternally. Who should I tell about Jesus? It doesn't matter, because God already picked his team before time began. So I think, even though this discussion is kind of technical and kind of theological and maybe kind of too academic, I, th- I, it, I think it really matters. I think we need to understand this confusing, dark mystery. You know what we need? <laughs> we need an apocalypse. And for me, this apocalypse kind of starts with deconstructing my previous understanding so that I can have a better understanding. I, I feel like I have to kind of um, clear brain space for the apocalypse by clearing out some of the ways that I've seen things in the past. And what's helped me with this is a truly deep dive into Ephesians and a lot of writing and a lot of what people have said about it and some great teaching from a guy named Tim Mackey and the people at Bible Project, if you're familiar with them, and something I learned years ago from uh, Pastor Robert Emmett that really helped me 
I think, get this apocalypse, and I'm gonna try to pass on some of that for you, and if I get confusing for you, or if you just really are interested and and it kind of piques your curiosity, because we only have a short time now, if you want more resources, if you wanna dig a little deeper into this or other things, I'm gonna give you a couple of great resources. One is a website, bibleproject.com. If you're not going to that website, you're not saved. Okay, you, you're probably safe, but maybe. Bibleproject.com is amazing. Go there. Um, and I'll give you a book. This, and this is not a super, super hard book, and it's not a big, thick book. It's called God's Big Picture. It's written by a guy named Vaughn Roberts. It's a super understandable and yet a super profound look at the whole Bible. Because the whole thing that the Bible Project is trying to teach us is the same thing that Von Roberts is trying to teach us. And that is that the whole Bible, although it's lots of books by lots of authors over a long stretch of time, the whole thing is one continuous story and it all points to Jesus. Okay, so here's my previous understanding of Christianity. And it was you know, amazing because I'm brilliant. But it was, it was flawed and it was incomplete because it was mostly about me. It was about you know my choice and my life and my future and did God choose me or did me choose God? Me, 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 it's all about me because we all know that Christianity and the Bible is really all about me, right? Um, and this is really, I'm gonna show you a little diagram. Um, this is really how I saw Christianity. This is like my view of the Bible. And so we'll put it up for you. It starts, yeah, it starts with me and with God and I was separated from God by my sin. And that had me on a downward trajectory to a very sad place. Does this look familiar to you? You seen this before? Yeah. But Jesus, right on the cross, came and gave me another option so that my trajectory could be changed if I choose to follow him, and I would no longer be destined for the very sad place. Instead, I would be destined for a very happy place. And I chose Jesus, the end. You heard that story before? How many of you have seen that storyline, generally something like that in your life? How many of you were saved because of something kind of like this? I was, and it is amazing and it is simple, and it is true, and it is right, and it is great, and it is awesome, and it is the good news. It's just not all of the good news, right? It's just, it's incomplete, because this storyline of the Bible, this view of what the Bible is, is mostly about me. So the question that we're wrestling with today is, at the cross, Right At that moment where I made that decision for whichever place I was gonna go to, at the cross, did I have free will? Did I have the power, did I have the control to make that decision myself? Or did God predestine that decision a million years ago? Did I choose God? Or did God choose me? And the revelation, the apocalypse that I've had through Ephesians starts with an understanding that the Bible and Christianity is not all about me. It's all about being in Christ. Let me hear you say, in Christ. 
Okay, so some of your translations are gonna say united with Christ. So you guys up for some Greek? Say yes, we're gonna do it anyway. Oh, great, yeah, might as well. Okay, so we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about some Greek today, okay? So my Bible says in Christ, and maybe yours says united with Christ. It's the same Greek word. Here's what the word looks like. And that word is in. Let me hear you say in. And you pronounce it like this, in. And you know what it means in English? It means in, it's the same thing. It means in, like okay, well you're, you're in church, you're, you're in a family, you're in a relationship, you're in a marriage. That's, that's the word in, okay? So united with Christ, in Christ, means the same thing. Okay, so let's, let's read this and see if you think that this idea, this is Paul talking, right? We wanna see if we think this idea of being in Christ is a big deal. Or not. Here's what Paul says. We already read it. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are in Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ. That's actually a different word. Verse 11, furthermore, because we are in Christ, we've received this inheritance from God because he chose us in advance and he makes everything work according to his plan. Would you say that Paul thinks the idea of being in Christ is a big deal? Not clearly, right? And I think this is the apocalypse. And so for us to see kind of why it's such a big deal, I wanna not look at like my diagram or my view of what the Bible's all about or what Christianity's all about. And I wanna look at maybe a more biblical view and I think this is really Paul's view. So in, in their view, in, in the biblical view, in Paul's view, the story of the Bible doesn't start with me. And it doesn't start with baby Jesus. It kind of starts with a guy named Adam. And Adam is not just a name, it's a Hebrew word, Adam. Maybe you say Adam? And Adam means man or human. Look at that, we're getting Greek and Hebrew in the same day, that's awesome, right? Adam, it means man, it means, it means humanity, human. Uh, and his wife's name was Eve, which in Hebrew is Chava, Mary say Chava. If you do it right, the person in front of you will have just a little bit of spit, right there, Chava, Chava. In Hebrew, this word means life. So this story really starts with human life. This really starts with humanity. God created man in his own image. And in Genesis 1:28, God blessed man. Look what it says. God blessed humanity and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it and reign over the fish and the birds and all the animals and all the other stuff that he created. So no matter what atheists say, humans are not just smart animals. We're created in God's image. We're, we're not like dolphins and pigs and cats. We're, 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 we're made in God's image and God blessed humanity. God chose humanity. God predestined Adam and Eve and humanity to be the boss, 
over all the animals and all the fish and all the birds and all the plants. Humanity was chosen. Humanity was anointed king to reign and govern and rule with God over creation. Humanity was blessed. Humanity was chosen by God. You guys with me? Okay, so how many of you, quick show of hands, are humans? Just real quick. Okay, congratulations, right? Because humanity, right? So look, we're the dots. Look at humanity. We're the dots. We're all humanity. In fact, in Romans 5 and in 1 Corinthians 15 and a bunch of other places, it it talks about how we're all part of humanity, and it uses this term. It says we are in Adam. We are in Adam. But at the same time as God blessed man, and predestined man, chose man, anointed man, he also gave man free will so that he could honor God and please God and be blessed by God and be used by God as a blessing to the world. He chose them, he chose them, he chose Adam and Eve, he predestined them, but he gave them a choice. They could choose to like opt out of that blessing and out of that destiny. So you guys know the story, how'd they do? Not too good. They, they blew it. They, they chose instead of the blessing to do their own thing and they listened to a snake and they disobeyed God and they ate the apple and Cain killed his brother and they built the Tower of Babel and Genesis 6 says they filled the world with violence. So God chose to bless mankind and predestined that he would be blessed and that the world would be blessed through him, but man chose to forfeit that blessing. So God said, forget it, man's not worth it, and he burned the whole thing down, right? Wrong, (laughs) that's not what happened at all. Uh, No, God was gonna do what he was gonna do. God was determined that he was gonna bless man and he was gonna bless the world through man, and his plan continued, just like with Adam and Eve, he was gonna bless the many, by choosing a few. In fact, in Genesis 12, he chose one man. Any guesses? Abraham, Abraham. Would you say he's pretty important in the story? I'm gonna tell you, he's very important to Paul. He's very important to the story. Um, God chose one through through whom he would bless many, and he chose Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Verse two, look what he says to Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will make you, one person, into a great nation. I'm gonna give you this huge, amazing family, and I'm gonna bless you, and I'm gonna bless the whole world through you. Who is that family? Israel, the family of Israel. Look what he says, this is, he's, he's talking to Abraham. He says, I will make you into this great nation, and I will bless you, and I will give you a great name, and you will be a blessing to others. And I will, here's a famous verse, I will bless those that bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. So he's saying to Abraham, you and your family, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna bless the whole world through you. So just like he had with Adam and Eve, just like he had with humanity, now God is choosing one man, and everyone who's in this one family, and he has chosen them in advance, right? You agree? Go like this, goes faster. He's chosen them in advance. 
he's predestined them to be blessed and to be a blessing to humanity. Sound familiar? Because it's the same as Adam and Eve, right? And just like with Adam and Eve, he gave them a choice. He said, look, Abraham, look, Israel, you're blessed, man. You're chosen. You're predestined. You're anointed to, to, to be blessed and to also be a vehicle of my blessing to the whole world because they were, they were called and chosen to be holy and special. And, and the whole world was supposed to see God in them. The whole world was supposed to see God's mercy and grace and holiness through them. Um, he gave them a choice. How did they do with that choice? Right now, just, <laughs> somebody said they blew it. Uh, yeah, they didn't do that good. Um, in fact, if you read the Old Testament, about half of the Old Testament is stories of Israel opting out. It's stories of Israel just blowing God off and just worshiping other gods and being anything but holy. But once again, God didn't say, okay, we'll just burn them down. He's, he's faithful and he is so rich in, in kindness and mercy that he didn't burn them down. And he was determined, he's faithful, to do what he says he's gonna do. He was determined to bless man and to bless the world through man. But he needed a better man. What he needed was a perfect man. And he knew he was going to choose someone in advance. He was gonna predestine someone. He was gonna anoint someone. He was gonna bless someone and he was gonna bless the world through that someone. And that someone needed to come out of the family of Adam because he said he was going to. This person needed to be in mankind, right? This person needed to be, you might say, a son of man, right? And he also needed to be in the family of Abraham because he made that promise. And God doesn't break his promises. So this called someone, this chosen someone, this anointed someone, this blessed one that God was going to bless and through whom God was gonna bless all of mankind has a title and we hear that title all through the Old Testament. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. Man, read it. I love the chosen, if you watch the chosen, do you remember when Andrew came to Peter and he goes, oh my gosh, I think I found the Messiah. And just the whole room lights up. The Messiah's here. We've been waiting generations, years, hundreds of years. We've been waiting for Messiah because Messiah in Hebrew is the anointed one. It's the chosen one. It's the blessed one. It's the savior. It's, he's the one. In, in Hebrew, it's Messiah. And in Greek, the word for Messiah is Christ. Christ and Messiah, same thing, Hebrew in Greek, and the name of the Messiah, the name of the Christ, uh, the name of that someone is Jesus. And Jesus is God's predestined, chosen, blessed, anointed Savior, Messiah, Christ. And when he was tempted, like Adam and Eve were tempted, and like Abraham and Israel were tempted, how did he do? He was perfect, right? He was the man. He was the humanity that Adam 
couldn't be. So I mentioned these places in the New Testament in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 15 and some other places that talk about us being in Adam. Remember the dots in Adam? That's us in mankind in Adam. It talks about us being in Adam and the death that comes from that, but it also talks about the life that comes from being in Christ. So most of you agreed that you were humans, that you were in Adam, but how many of you have now made the jump from being in Adam to being in Christ? Good. So we're now those dots. We're not in mankind. We're not in Adam anymore. Now we are in Christ, and we are part of this new humanity that Jesus brought. And I believe that this apocalypse is that God has predestined before time, chosen before time to bless and choose and anoint and heal and accept everyone who is in Christ, who is in Messiah. He has chosen to bless us with blessings in heaven. He's chosen to see us as holy. He's chosen to adopt us into his family and to shower us with mercy and grace and kindness and wisdom. So with, if you can like picture that and hold on to that in your brain, then let's, let's read this passage again and see if it makes sense in a maybe a different way this time. So Ephesians 1, 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, the dots, right? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heaven realms because we are in Christ, right? He's, he's chosen to bless us with all these spiritual blessings in heaven because we are in Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved and chose us who are in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family and the way he did it was by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, this this is his plan. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on who? Us who belong to his dear son, those of us that are, that are in Christ. It says he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins and he has showered his kindness on us along with all the wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ which is to fulfill his own good plan and this is the plan. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth, verse 11 Furthermore, because we are in Christ, because we are in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Who's the we? Who's the us? Yeah, who are in Christ. That, that's it. And so I think God is saying, I have predestined, yeah, in advance, before time, before the world, long time ago, that my chosen my anointed, my blessed family is Jesus and everyone who is in him. And I have predestined, I have chosen in advance to bless them and to adopt them into my family and to shower them with kindness and grace and wisdom and understanding. God has predestined everyone who's in Christ to be chosen, anointed, blessed, adopted into his family 
through Christ. And through Christ, at the cross, he has given us the free will choice. Just like he did with Adam and Eve. Just like he did with Abraham and Israel, that we can accept this amazing blessing or we can opt out. So, is predestination biblically right? Yeah. Is free will biblically right? Yeah. Because if you've chosen to be in him by believing in him, then you are predestined. By your own free will, you have chosen to be in God's family and be forgiven and showered with kindness and wisdom and understanding because you are in Christ. You were adopted through Christ. And for me, and I think for most of us, that is an apocalypse. And so, a lot of theology today, right? Um, And it's interesting, and I think for some of us it's like really interesting, and then I think for the theology geeks, it's like really interesting. And then I think probably a lot of people, it's kind of boring, right? But the big thing is the therefore, right? What is the application of all of this theology? What, what, what should we do, right? How should we live in light of this apocalypse, and I'm thinking of four things. I think there are four like applications. If God is predestined that everyone that's in Christ is gonna be a new creation and have new life and be blessed and saved and accepted and forgiven and empowered to do amazing things and overcome sin and overcome death, in light of that apocalypse, number one, we should be sure that we are in Christ. And if you're not, or you're not sure, I wanna tell you that God made a plan for you before time so that you could have new life and better life and eternal life in Christ. And if you wanna opt into that today, if you wanna accept that adoption today, if you're in the room, I'm gonna encourage you to go back to the prayer corner. Those folks would love to talk to you through that process. Probably take five minutes. Um, If you're joining us online, if you're joining us live online and it's 9.30 Sunday morning, then if you just let us know in the chat box or let us know in uh, the comments on Facebook, then we'll open up a private conversation with you and we will lead you through that whole process. If you're joining us online after Sunday morning, maybe it's Monday or Tuesday or you're on your lunch break a year from the time that this was recorded, then if you're ready to make Jesus Lord of your life, there's a way you can do that and that is to just text your name to this phone number and we will call you. The number is 210-990-0830. But I think the number one thing, we, if this is all true, if we've had this apocalypse and we now understand what it is to be in Christ, the number one thing we should do is we should be sure that we are in Christ. Number two, we should live. We should live, not a scared, boring, fearful life. God predestined us. We win, right? We, he, he's not gonna get mad at you and kick you out of the family if you make a mistake because he predestined before time that you were in the family and he's sovereign. If we're in Christ, if we are forgiven and free and living by his power and nothing is impossible for us, then we should live like we believe that. 
We should live in that energy. We should live in that joy. Number three, if this apocalypse has happened and we now see what it is to be in Christ, we should tell everyone we know how to be in Christ, right? I mean, if you go to a restaurant and it's good and you write a good review, right? I've had a good experience. I wanna share that, right? And I want other people to have the same experience. Now, a good restaurant is one thing. I'm talking about eternal life now, right? So if you've had this amazing experience and now you are in Christ and now you're living in that freedom of knowing that you're in the family of God and he's gonna shower you with kindness and goodness and mercy, you probably wanna share that with somebody else and tell them how they can be in Christ. So if we are in Christ, if we understand and we've had this apocalypse, what are the applications? Number one, we should make sure that we're in Christ. We should live like we're in Christ. We should tell everybody we know how they can be in Christ. And number four, we should praise God forever. In fact, I'm gonna get us some professional help on this one, I think. Don't look at them, though, look at me. If God loved us so much that he predestined before time that through Christ we could be adopted and accepted and forgiven and free. And if he sent his spirit to, to call us and draw us and fill us and empower us and identify us as his family, and if Jesus was willing to come and die and resurrect just so we could be adopted through him. If we are like held in this family, not by our behavior or our perfection, but just by God's love and faithfulness, then yeah, we should never stop praising God. We should literally praise him forever. And I'm saying, Let's start now. Amen? Amen. All right, let's do it.